Welcome to Unshut, where nothing is off the table, keeping quiet and holding back is no longer an option. I am your host, Mo. Thank you so much for tuning in. Happy Friday. Thank you, you too. (laughs) And thanks for taking your morning to do this with me. Of course. Oh my gosh, this is like the best way to wake up. I feel like now I'm ready for the day. I can do anything. (laughs) Absolutely. Especially after getting clammed up, you can't just go Mm -hmm. back to sleep, you know? (laughs) Exactly. That was my thought process. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So funny. Will you be using your pink fuzzy pen on our Oh my gosh, (laughs) I... I think, hold on. Oh, there it is. It's hidden. Yes. (laughs) That is where we do, where the magic happens. I love it. (laughs) Just so that all the listeners tuning in can hear or know a little bit of the backstory about that. When I invited you to be on the podcast, you were on a live on TikTok. Yes. And (laughs) what was so hilarious is mid song, you grab whatever was near you. You grab this pink fuzzy (laughs) pen, you're singing in mid song, you just start cracking up (laughs) honestly I love TikTok live so much like I think a lot of creators I mean they have mixed opinions on the app right now Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely have opinions on the app right now and we can get into that later um, if you'd like but I started using TikTok live it's like my favorite part because I grew up performing live um, and that's just something that brings me joy and something that's more familiar to me than honestly being in like the studio space and the recorded space. So it's like the closest thing over quarantine that I had to performing. So yeah, I feel so comfortable on there now because it's funny when I started my first live stream, I treated it like a show. So I like memorized all the chords to like all, I wrote down a list of cover songs. Like I was really like, I can't mess up. And then I realized quickly that it's such a chill environment and people don't want to see super polished things. Like that's really cool, but they'd rather, you know, like chat and hang out. And so I kind of treat them like rehearsals and have fun and try out new things and be silly. Um, And I think people like that a lot more than my old days of polished um, performances. So <laughs> the fuzzy I love it. will stay. Uh, yeah. I love, I love using props. So it's funny how people do react to that a lot better, specifically yeah. on TikTok as well. Um, they don't want the clean cut bullshit. Right. And I think that, um, when I got onto TikTok that night, I had zero expectation on hopping onto <laughs> anyone's live. I was right. literally laying down And I was just scrolling through and then I see that you're live and I'm like, huh, let me check this chick out. You know, I'm Uh like, let me see. So I get on your live and sure as shit, I just, I love the interaction part of it. I love that you were mid songs also making jokes. You were like talking with the audience. And so I'm like, you know what? Let me shoot my shot. See if she'll be on. (laughs) This is a a lesson to all the viewers. Always shoot your shot because... Look at look at the randomness. I feel like that to me is how I that feels like magic to me in the universe. And I love following those kind of leads because I think now more than ever, like even though it was a digital connection, there's there's something that feels organic about live because it's, you know, real time and I can't see your face, but at least we're having a conversation. And so I find faith in humanity sometimes when I'm there because I'm like oh my gosh I am meeting new people and fans and um, that's like my favorite my favorite is to interact with strangers I just love it I feel like you can 
learn so much and have great things. Like, I don't know. This is my favorite thing, even in not even online, but in the world as well. I love it. So thank you for reaching out. No, of course. And I think it's amazing because it also humanizes artists, which is something I am so for. I've always wanted to make it a goal to humanize people that just pursue their artistry because it's people have this idea that you only have breakthroughs or you only become successful if you give up a part of who you are. And so immediately when I came to your live, I'm like, she would be perfect. (laughs) I'm trying. Thank you. Yeah, it's I think so. I recently moved to LA about two years ago um, and I grew up on the East Coast. So I honestly, I feel like Hollywood everywhere is glamorized. So I had no idea what to expect. And I knew it would be different than what I saw online or in the movies or whatever. Um, But now I think it's really interesting because of like influencer culture um, and that in my opinion, bleeding into what the industry is now. it's not always artists that are the ones being signed. Um, and so, yeah, I think for me, even my song Wasted that I um, recently released uh, was kind of a commentary on that and just feeling like, no, I want to be an authentic artist and I want to be myself and everything. When I moved here, everyone, everything was telling me to not do that. I just can't do it. I just can't. I have to, I have to do stuff that makes me feel good. And I I don't know, I feel like I have a good intuition. So especially in this industry, I've been in several like bad situations, um, a lot of learning lessons for sure. But, um, at the end of the day, I'm like thankful that those things didn't work out because I had a gut feeling that like, oh no, is this the moment in the biopic where like I go down the bad path? And then <laughs> a lot of people will join my live and be like, oh my gosh, you just turned my night around or people feel really comfortable and they've come out on my live or they've just like shared things that they normally don't feel comfortable doing. So I feel really proud of that. I love my fans. I think they're really awesome people. And I'm thankful to the algorithm for in the beginning, um, the TikTok algorithm definitely connected me with like-minded people um, and people who relate to my music and lyrics. So um, they're cool people and I'm really proud of them. Love you more, gang. <laughs> Shout I love out. it. Every dog has its day. And when it comes to influence culture, I think of it as fast fashion. Yeah. They have their huge, which sometimes can seem like an eternity, but there's a reason why there's not a lot of longevity in that culture. And I think that's why sticking to artistry, sticking to your craft, and obviously yeah. doing it authentically the way you would do it will always give you longevity because the Morgan that people are getting to know now is going to be the Morgan that 10, 15 years from now, they're going to be like, man, we were a part of that journey. <laughs> we followed that journey, right. you know? And then we yeah. all know 10, 15 years from now, who knows what's going to happen to TikTok? I mean, I started on fucking MySpace, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, a hundred percent. I think also being a woman in the industry, I think it's cool now that there are some examples of, women in their 30s having success. But I think even growing up, I remember being like, if I don't make it by 16, like I'm done. And and that's really sad. And that's really sad. And I'm glad it's changing. But um, yeah, it's kind of you put that pressure on yourself. Like if, if I don't do if I don't do this opportunity, like this could be the one that like 
you know, or this song could be the one that takes you. You just never know. And so I think for this past year, I was like really um, tuned into that frequency and it burnt me out. And so now I'm just anytime I get like that, I'm just like 13 year old Morgan. Like, what did she want? who like and I just go back to like the roots of it all I always ask the question like what would younger me think so yeah (laughs) well keep doing you the biggest redirection come from Uh, those moments where we feel like god I sucked sometimes a little bit of that self-doubt really does become the the most pivotal moment in your career yeah no I'm so interested to see where it goes I I don't know about you but on my for you page there's a lot of this message is for you and every time I'm like tell me tell me my future what's gonna happen um not that I don't I mean I think also this this industry tests your faith. I I don't know how you feel about it, but I think like totally when I moved here, um, I felt very connected in a spiritual way. And then I'm kind of in the part of the plot where I'm like, do I believe it anymore because I'm lost? And, um, you know, at, at the end of the day, I'm still optimistic, but I think I'm in like, I've been in kind of this stuck zone and, I don't know. I'm just like, I'm curious to see where it goes. Well, keep following (laughs) your intuition because I don't believe in coincidences. And I definitely don't believe that our alignment is ever completely thrown off. And when it, when it specifically, when it comes to talking about your faith and how you're being tested, it's crazy. It is so crazy how we're even having this conversation because that is what a lot of my platform is built on. It's, I don't, I I'm not necessarily a very religious person, but I have a strong faith and I do have a very big connection with God and the universe. But let me tell you, intuition, tapping into it, it's all in here. And that's all the religion you need, you know? Totally. You talked about talking to the 13-year-old you, right? I want people, specifically a new audience, want them to also get to know you a little bit more beyond your music. Where are you from? I grew up um, in New Jersey, so I'm an East Coast girl. Um, So yeah, that's why I think the culture shift was a little different. I'm like so used to the East Coast, like bluntness. And so the the West Coast was an adjustment. But um, yeah, I grew up in New Jersey, um, was always doing music. I started out in musical theater like every other little child and Um, I loved it so much, but I realized that I like um, pop music and singing. And so then I started like, I think it was my 12th birthday, I got a guitar. And I started learning how to play that and started songwriting and was in like bands in high school and started like doing vocal lessons and learning how to play piano and guitar so that I could write um, for myself. I went to college at NYU. So I was in New York City for a few years. And that was really cool. Because that was when I was um, growing up, I was gigging always with like my bandmates or other people. And then when I moved, I was like, Oh, we're going solo. Like, so I had to learn how to accompany myself and feel confident in doing that in front of a live audience and literally just airing out all of the songs I had written and see a live reaction and see how people reacted and 
honestly, um, college really helped me hone my craft as a songwriter. I studied with Dana Kalitri and she was amazing. She wrote for like Hailstorm and a lot of like Daughtry and these like cool, you know, early 2000s rock, like pop rock artists. And so um, she was really helpful in developing me as a songwriter because I remember coming in so, I guess, so overconfident of like, yeah, you can teach me how to change my chords up, but my lyrics will stay. Like, I was so like, no, this is poetry. And she was like, this is great, but like, we're going to work on this. And um, yeah, she just taught me the power of like hooks in songwriting. And it really changed a lot of things for me. Do you remember what your first musical impression was? Like, how early can you go back into your life where you were like, oh my gosh, like, this is the song that truly made me fall in love with music? Oh my God, that's a good question. Well, okay, I... My parents always tell me this story, but I grew up like my dad really liked Five for Fighting. And I don't know if you it's like such a early 2000s band, but um, they had this song called Superman. And I that was like the song that I would just sing on repeat. And I was like so young and I would like. I get I don't remember this clearly but my parents were like you would just take out your pacifier and just like sing it in the back seat of the car and that song to me I don't know like my whole family really loved it we always had their CDs so um that was a song and they're honestly that I don't know the lead singer's name but I'm sure he's like the main lyricist and songwriter and he's so talented like I think hearing that kind of storytelling at a young age I was just like I didn't even know what he was talking about but I felt chills and I felt the emotion behind his performance and you know story and so yeah, I don't think I've ever attributed, okay, five for fighting. I don't think I give them enough love. But yeah, that was kind of like my first um, group that I really liked. You've been compared to like having like a rock and roll mix with pop. I think I read somewhere like Aerosmith or even like Paramore. And it's so interesting that now that I'm asking you this question about (laughs) your first musical impression, you go back to this almost rock and roll impression that you had with a pacifier in your mouth, you know? (laughs) Yeah, they, my family loved a good soft rock. Like that was their sweet spot. I think that was the, um, in between between my parents music taste because my dad liked a lot of um harder rock stuff like my mom loved a lot of like Michael Jackson and like I think she was more oriented toward the vocals and like the pretty pop singing and the you know music but I think that was the Venn diagram of the two so that's where I landed (laughs) do you know who Fifi Dobson is no can you hear my dog barking oh my gosh Oh my God, that was your dog. I thought it, it sounded like a, when you like quit out of an app. <laughs> I, was, I thought you were like dragging something. <laughs> You're like, oh my gosh, this millennial doesn't know how to use his mic. <laughs> okay, so Fifi Dobson for sure. You'll have to just check her out on Spotify. She's Canadian rock and roll. She's a great artist. She's someone who I consider very underrated. And right. she's one of my favorites. And so when I came across your music, I'm like, 
damn. I'm like, <laughs> she's got Fifi Dobson vibes. So it's just, it's so interesting how we're talking about rock and roll influence and also your pop influence. And I'm yeah. like, and now I'm almost feeling like it's validating that my impression of your music was spot on because I'm like, Fifi Dobson, let's yeah. fucking go. And here, <laughs> here we are talking about rock and roll and pop, right? Absolutely. You posted a video on TikTok where you were singing some Hillary Duff or something. Was uh-huh. that your first CD? Oh my God, probably. I mean, I went to Limited 2, obviously, and I think I do remember that CD that that song Come Clean was from. I forget what it was called, but it was like the aquamarine colored album cover. She's like, but yeah, Hilary Duff definitely was my girl. When did you have the aha moment? I'm going to LA and doing this shit. Through NYU, they had like a program that took you to Los Angeles and it was like a new thing. And instead of like studying abroad, you would go and spend a semester there. So I was like, you know, I always dreamt of moving to LA and I really wanted to see if I actually would like it. So I was out here right before COVID hit and then I had to go home and I was only here for six weeks. Um, And it was just so different than New York. And I went in thinking LA would be like New York. Um, The jaded East Coaster that I was thinking every city is obviously it's like New York. And now I know why people are enamored by it because it is so unique and different than a lot of other cities. had this feeling of like, I'm not done with LA yet. I don't think I can tick off, you know, six weeks and say, yeah, I experienced LA. So um after I graduated, I was like, okay, I want to do it and make the move. Cause being a pop artist in New York was hard. I feel like it, it's very like, if you're a commercial, that's like not cool. And the whole culture of New York is this underground hipster indie, like, especially living downtown and like lower East side, it's very like, no, we make alternative music. And like, if you make anything remotely pop, like you're a sellout and you're, you're not cool. We're not booking you on this gig. So it was kind of hard in that sense. So I was like, oh, well, LA has pop music. And then I moved here and realized how awful it is (laughs) to book shows because (laughs) New York was way easier to get gigs and they were way more fair. The promoters here suck. Um, They're like, it's very pay to play. So I don't play a lot of shows, which is why I think Um, my time on TikTok live is so sacred because I just love performing. Like if I could perform every week, I would, but obviously, you know, the circumstances are what they are. So I might start doing some street performance stuff. No one's doing it in LA. So I might just do it. I have a speaker. I'm ready. Put me in. (laughs) Yes. It's always the moment where you start to think just a little bit outside of the box, a little bit outside of the norm. Is again, go back to that redirection that your intuition takes you. Yeah. I'm just, I love interacting with people. So I'm going to, I'm going to go do it. I'm going to go on the street corner. I can tell that you're absolutely spot on when it comes to your capitalizing on your interaction skills, because again, it humanizes you, but it also allows people to go in a little bit more on an intimate journey with your artistry. So I'm here for it. I'm here for Morgan on the streets, uh, a new series on TikTok. I think about it a lot when I'll be able to play bigger stages. And I'm like, do I still like how polished do I go when I because I think people like that. It's not that I like break character and I'm like, 
I don't know. I think about that a lot where I'm like, if I'm on stage, like doing the thing and I mess up, like, should I just pretend that I didn't mess up or do I lean into it on stage? But I think now it's more lenient. Like I see Billy, yeah. I see clips of like Billy Eilish or whatever, or big artists that are like, yeah, sorry, girl. I messed those lyrics up <laughs> like in front of like in at MSG. So yeah. Um, <laughs> That's cool to see. Since you mentioned lyrics, what is your writing process like? Like whenever you have a spontaneous idea or spontaneous inspiration, what does Morgan do when on the fly she is hit with inspiration? I'm like such a notes app girl. What happens after that? So I feel like usually, I guess it varies because a song like Old Habits, I started making the track first and then writing to it. Um, so that's like definitely sometimes I I will do that. Wasted was like that. Um, my friend and I built that track um, on Zoom and then I took it back to my little I, I like writing by myself, if I'm being honest. I know a lot of people have mixed um, opinions on that, but I've just been doing it for so long. And also to get so vulnerable, I think it feels very sacred and just like a little diary to me. And it, writing for me started out as just an outlet to express myself. A lot of times if I can get the chorus first, that's really cool. And that's a tip for songwriters. If you start at the chorus, you're golden because that's your anchor for the song. You know what you're talking about. I think it's really hard. It's actually harder for me to do melody first because then you have to fit the lyrics into a rhythm you've already created because words are mm. rhythm they indicate the rhythm so I think it's really hard to do that whereas for me I'm more serving the story so I like to make the lyrics fit the melody because that's what is important to me I'm like no this is a really cool double entendre like I'm not messing around with this like this is staying in the lyrics we're gonna change the melody to accommodate so because sometimes create creativity does not always flow um so yeah I think a lot of it turns into things that never see the light of day but I think it's all about working the muscle and then you'll find something that you want to continue working on um so yeah that's a little bit about my writing process it's almost like meshing creativity and discipline together I love Mm -hmm. it. It's August 27th and you release Old Habit. What was (laughs) recording that song like? I was recording that song back in New York. Um, My friend Breed, who produced that song, like we met in college. I wrote that song by myself in my room back. I was living with my parents at the time in New Jersey. And I posted it to TikTok in like May of 2020. And if funny enough, I had no followers then, obviously. And I, that song, I think I got like 70 likes. And I was like, oh. um, back then I was like, whoa, like people like this. And it really was just a snippet of something I started writing. And then, yeah, Breed saw it and was like, we need to work on this. My producer friend that I also work with, um, Cold Brew, his real name is Ian. Sorry if I'm exposing you right now, Ian. But uh, he's an amazing guitarist. Funny enough, he was like my drummer in my live band. And I had no idea that he played guitar. I was like, you're an amazing drummer. And he's just amazing at everything. And so, yeah, he hopped on the track. We were like, Brew, get in the studio. And he just shredded on the track and it was awesome and I think now like Ian is such a fundamental part of my project as well like I want to give him his flowers because 
he brings the rock and roll. Like I, I love rock music and instrumentation, but like I cannot shred. And so I feel honored that he wants to work with me. We all kind of share that same musical taste. So we all just joined forces on that track. And um, that was like literally live in person doing that. And I think it created magic. That was kind of like how the song came to be. And then it did well on TikTok. And I was like, holy shit, like this is crazy. Like I'll never forget. I was uh, seeing Olivia O'Brien at the Fonda um, with like Upsall, who Upsall also is another artist I'm so inspired by. She's so sick. Like she's someone in my opinion that has like paved the way for pop rock and mainstream. Um, And she's an icon. I would love to perform with her one day. Um, But I was at their concert and my phone was just blowing up from like the video that I posted for old habits. And I was like, oh my God, like this is crazy. Cause I, I hadn't gone viral ever for my music. So I was like 27,000 likes. Like this is crazy. Absolutely. Like that. I can't even imagine the feeling, especially for someone who's an independent artist. I do want to push fast forward to a few months after the release of Old Habits. You have your first feature as a songwriter and artist on Universal Production Music US album, I Am Woman. How exciting was this? And what did this mean for you as an artist? Yeah. So it's funny. Last night I was talking with my friends and LA, when you first move here they give you such cool like the universe is like here you go here's your like moving in present and then it gets really stale and stagnant I had a buddy that went to USC we connected and he was like oh I run this group at USC that is like all the music industry kids and we do events and they had a songwriting class and so I showed up and um this amazing writer KO okay artisan writer KO um, she was running it and she was really cool. And at the end, she was kind of like a pass the ox. Like, if you guys want to show me what you're working on, I'm happy to give feedback or whatever. And so it was right before old habits dropped. And so I was like, I played it for this room. And she was like immediately blown away. She loved it. And she was so sweet. And she was like, I want to connect with you. She texted me and was like, hey, um, I have, you know, a buddy at Universal who's looking for a singer like on these tracks. And so, yeah, she connected me with um, Jaron and Derek and they work at Universal Music Production. They were like, we have this female empowerment track and we think you would be really cool on it. So they basically sent me the track and I wrote to it and I came into their studio in the valley and I was so excited and yeah we recorded it and it was awesome such an awesome experience like what a memorable time of your life and it's funny you say that LA kind of sprinkles you a little bit when you first get there (laughs) but Mm -hmm. you want to know what I think it is it truly sometimes is a way the universe kind of rewards you for taking the leap of faith you know yeah Totally. I'm like, I maybe I have to just maybe I'll do the street performance. And that's another leap of faith and the universe will be like, okay, you did it, girl. (laughs) Absolutely. I do also want to talk about your experience with the general because I don't think a lot of people know enough just how big this is for independent artists like you which obviously I've seen and it's so badass really cool I'd never been on a set before where I was like the talent there were like Morgans coming down like on the walkie-talkie and it was <laughs> it was a cool moment and um I brought my mom with me because I was like girl I'm giving you your little American Idol moment that we never had or like you know just 
just one of those things because my family has always been really supportive of me making music and I'm really thankful for that first of all that recording studio was so cool like I've they literally actually did build like a straight up recording studio in a a car I was like whoa this is insane um and yeah everyone there was super sweet the team like I was saying to them because I I had another experience like on a set and it was just night and day. I was like, oh my gosh, like you guys are respectful. Like what's happening? Like you're, you want me to be here? (laughs) Well, especially in this industry, right? You're like, it's almost shocking when you do come across those good people. Oh my God. Yeah. Especially because I think also Nashville, like the culture is so different. Even from this moment I stepped out, my Uber was like, how are you today? And I'm like, can you imagine how many influencers or some other artists who really aren't grounded the way you are would have never even acknowledged the uber driver they would have been like i'm the talent (laughs) i know you know it's it's really crazy to me because we're just all people i never felt comfortable in that role of being like i'm not one of you because i'm just like I just express myself in this way, you know, like, and it's cool to hear when people are like, like, they relate so hard to what I'm saying. And they're like, thank you for putting words to like, how I feel. Um, So yeah, it I I try and always like everyone on that set was so nice. And it was funny, because in my day job, I work with talent. So I, I was always on the other side of it. And then for this, I was like, they're kind of scared of me like why are you scared (laughs) like it's fine but obviously like they're taught to not really like interact I'm like what's your name like hi yeah you're a person I'm a person um and uh, yeah I just think it makes like a better work environment when everyone's part of a team so absolutely I know you have new music coming in November Mm -hmm. What can you tell us about this song? Oh my God. I'm like, I'll tell you the way I've leaked it so many times on TikTok live. I was like, I appreciate you being like just a little bit. I was like, I'll air it all out. This song uh, was the product of a writing session for another artist and they ended up not wanting the song. And so at first at the time, like it didn't really fit the vision of this, like the production style and everything that I was going for because it's not really like pop rock it's more like r&b i guess in the in the production style but i also you know like my song new york sleeps alone is very much in that r&b light as well and i i grew up listening to r&b as well and i you know like mary j blige and at first i was like i don't know but then i was like no this is good this is really good so uh, i went to writer's block which is in hollywood it's like this reoccurring showcase that happens i went by myself and i just showed up and this guy was like I think he came in behind me and was like oh you're also here to see this person like how do you know them and then we just started talking um, and then found out that he at the time was managing Breed's brother so like we had this connection and um, he was like this manager guy and so he ended up managing who my friend is now Ben um, who the song was going to be for Ben Provencial and yeah no shade to him at all he just it just wasn't his vibe and that's okay um and but it was cool because I was writing um someone else's story so this song is not about um me <laughs> this is not about my life um which is a relief for once so I'm like oh I don't have to unpack my trauma uh but it was a really cool experience we wrote like 
it was me him and then my friend Zach Paradise who produced it um and wrote on the track and um we now work together and we're gonna put out a duet soon so stay tuned it's a slow banger I've never released a slow banger so I'm excited about it well November (laughs) is right around the corner I was like November 17th everyone mark your calendars (laughs) that's right and I can't wait to hear how this duet goes and I know That'll yes. probably be a little bit after this release of this new one, but yeah. I can't wait to hear it. In the new year for sure. Yeah, we were talking. It's called Truce. Um, and it's cool. I'm excited. I haven't put out a duet since Reed and I released one in college and then he took it down. So I don't have any active duets up at the moment. So I'm excited. I also came across a post from yours that reassured me you would be perfect for this podcast because of the title Unshut. It means very open, no biting of the tongue, no holding back, no filters. You called out your fake fans. And I was just like, (laughs) yes, because I thought it was just so awesome that you were able to take something like that, take that narrative and pretty much let your audience know, listen, with or without you, I'm getting this shit done. How do you move past the feelings when you feel so let down from the people you thought would support you? Oh my gosh, that's a good question. I think, I don't know. I think now it it kind of feels like my dating life. Like I just have so much disappointment that like, I just don't have any expectation anymore, which is I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. Maybe it's good because I don't, you know, like let it affect me moving forward. But yeah, I don't, not that my fans, my real fans have never let me down. They're they're on TikTok live every night. They are killing it. But yeah, I think it's kind of like with anything, like you, you know, any artist is seeking validation. And as much as anyone would want to like sit here and say that, oh, it's only for me and I don't care what other people think. Well, when you're trying to make this your business, you know, like you do have to care what people think. And it's really about finding that middle ground because it's such a catch 22 of like people don't like they they start to not like you when you don't make something original. So you really have to like put your blinders on and then m- kind of find that middle ground. But yeah, I think, I think it does suck in a way of TikTok, you know, with the song Old Habits. And I think with a lot of songs and we're seeing this happening now where artists, you look at their streaming numbers and you're like, whoa. And then they can't even sell out a room because they're not building a fan base. They're just like, how many times have you heard a single from like either a discovery playlist or just randomly. And then you never see that artist live. Like you're not gonna, you wouldn't follow them. Like you're just like, I like that song. And then you like it and you put it on a playlist or, you know, you listen to it, but you don't really dig into their discography. You don't enter their world. So that's a challenge that a lot of artists face. And so I think I'm trying to like, change and let go of this whole way it used to be of like Instagram before you release something there was like a whole rollout system like I think TikTok really changed the way you promote a song because it became making a video of you doing it versus making it something that's part of the art like it used to be like, ooh, like, let's do this cool extension, visual extension of the song and make it the teaser versus like you literally sitting there in front of the camera and being like, I just like wrote this fire song and you should listen to it because that was never (laughs) part of it. You weren't you weren't breaking the fourth wall. So sometimes I get disappointed because it feels like I know that this is um, a really good song, but it's just about 
breaking through and it becomes harder and harder because like I feel like no one even sees my posts anymore. I'm like trying to do a mailing list situation where if I get someone's email, like I'll send out a blast about the song. Um, Playlisting is harder now and also not as um, make or break for your song, I guess. Um, And virality is becoming harder and harder on TikTok. So I don't really know where we're heading. That's why I'm kind of just like, put it out because I have no idea like I was sitting there trying to be like masterminding the situation (laughs) but I think it's out of my control I I that's I have to just let it out into the universe and see what happens but yeah I think I just try and not let it defeat me that like not everyone's obsessed (laughs) I don't know it's hard sometimes I I will say Well, I wish I could say, you know, oh my gosh, you're going to be such a superstar because in my opinion, (laughs) I feel like you already are. I feel like there's something so special and unique about you that's so refreshing and not to toot my own horn or anything, but I I have good taste and I have a good eye. And so I I know that (laughs) (laughs) you're already there and your journey is only going to get better. Before we do wrap this up, I have some random questions for you. I'm going to put you on this spot and feel free on the second one to plead the fifth. In your opinion, who is an underrated artist? I think Upsall. Like I was talking about her before, but she's so underrated. Like the talent like I am amazed by the work that she puts out and like her musicianship is insane like she as a guitarist and a bassist like she's like hugely a part of the production process and the writing process like musically not even just you know lyrically or melodically um yeah I mean she got her flowers for the song that she put out called drugs but um I think she should be bigger than she is. And cause like, even I saw she was putting out content of like her interviewing people on the street. And then like, no one knows, like pe- most people probably don't know who she is. So yeah, I, I think she's very underrated. In your opinion, who is overrated? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh I'll tell you, like, I'll tell you mine real quick, just to kind of break the ice okay. a little bit. And it's not to throw <laughs> negative shade on anyone. I'm like, whatsoever. I get <laughs> I get dragged on the internet part too. <laughs> no, no, no. Like I know, and I and I think she's a great artist. I I don't have any personal hate for her. I think she's fantastic. I love her song Physical. Um, uh-huh. but I thought Dua oh. Lipa, she yeah. was just going like she was doing like just like this little hip shake, and people were going fucking nuts over it on TikTok. <laughs> and I'm like, am I missing something? So for a long time, yeah. especially on her, you know, her first big come up, I was like. I I don't see the hype. So for me, Dua Lipa, even though I think she's a fucking rock star, I thought she was one of, she was very overrated in my opinion, but it's not about me. This is about you, Morgan. Who do you think is overrated? Well, I just want to say one thing to the Dua thing. Um, I think something to me that's a marker of like someone that's overrated is like when you really know nothing about an artist through their music that's how I feel personally and like I remember being like who are you like you don't have an identity musically like you're just making hits which is fine you know like some people that's their thing and they make like commercialized music but like 
there's no world that she created. There's no, cause she's not really being vulnerable or sharing anything about herself and not all music. That's not the purpose of all music, but that's like where I come from. But honestly, I don't know if I, okay, I'm going to answer this vaguely and you can tell me to zoom in if you want, but I think that any influencer from TikTok that has tried to create a music career is extremely overrated. I I think that you're an influencer, you're not a musician, and it really is frustrating. And I went on a rant about this, but it's like the industry is chasing money and like they're not like if I I personally believe that anyone that's like signed right now is not going to have longevity. Like there is there's no longevity because the real T is like they're not an artist. Like you know what I mean? And like with peace and love, there's different things. There's like writer, artist, performer, entertainer. You can be all of the above. You can be, you know, one or whatever. And, you know, someone like Beyonce, we see like all four, you know, like whenever it's like they tick all those boxes, you're like, okay, that is like a superstar. But yeah, I think it's frustrating to see um, these influencers just get handed a music career because they have clout. And then it's so mediocre and it's like, they don't even write it themselves. They like get someone else to write it. And like, it's just, I don't know. It's frustrating. So that to me, any, any influencer that has created a music career. And that's the funny part too. People have commented on my stuff. Like, can we stop like letting influencers create a music career? And I'm like, you think that's me? Like, babe, I'm not an industry plant. Like I joined this app to promote my music. And that's the weird part. Like, no, like I've been a musician my whole life. This is not, I'm not trying this on. Like I'm not trying this on for fun because it's not fun and I wouldn't be here. <laughs> like it's not all fun and games. So yeah, that's that's who I think is overrated and y'all can read between the lines. So spot on. And let me tell you, this is why I believe in trusting in your gut because this is why I knew I would just love you even more after talking with you. <laughs> because I kid you not, and I wish I could show you my notes. Uh -huh. I wrote before this question, I had written about wanting to talk with you about this interview Lady Gaga did years ago, uh -huh. where she was compared to Madonna, which two icons, right? You've got Lady Gaga, Madonna, they're fabulous icons. Right. But I love that Lady Gaga took it upon herself to be like, hey, she's an icon. She's phenomenal. But don't compare us because I am yeah. an artist. I play instruments. I write my own music. Yeah, She works with people she has produced. And I think she yeah. made such a good point. So again, I'm mind blown because you touched on <laughs> the longevity and lack of for influencers right. who try to do this. So yes, overrated. I'm with you with that one for sure. Who would play you in a movie? Oh my God, that's a good question. Is it who do I think would do it well or who would I like to play me like in a delusional world? Give me both. <laughs> okay, in a delusional world, I feel like Jennifer Lawrence like would slay. Um, I love her. I think because I was trying to think of like extroverted like bad bitch like actresses I think she would be like the dream person to do it like I wish I had her body and was snatched I think we can like have some <laughs> creative liberty there and someone that I think oh my gosh I don't know I would love okay like to be diplomatic and like oh like of course she's giving this answer but I would love to give an opportunity to like someone that's not a well-known actress to play me so that like they could get their start 
you know, like cast it for like true talent of like who could play me best and like make it an open call situation. Well, it's so relatable because I made a joke not too long ago where uh-huh. I was talking to my partner about this and I was just like, I wish Mario Lopez could play me one day. I just need him to put on a little pounds. Put on <laughs> yeah. some few pounds for me, Mario. Yeah, I'm like, you know? she's going to have to gain some weight for this role, but that's okay. Like, she's going to be a, a snatch thick queen. <laughs> I can't wait to see what's next for you. And I can't wait for November for your new song to come out. And uh, you better believe I'll also be staying tuned for that duet um, early next Yay. year. So I'm excited. Yes, for sure. Morgan Keller, everyone.